be as hard enough without your equipment letting you down. From badly fitting shirts to shorts that cut off your circulation, many sportswear manufacturers haven't worked out how to make kit that fits for the rich variety of women's shapes and sizes. After years of development, feedback and research, Halbro have done what many bigger sportswear brands have yet to achieve, designed a playing kit specifically to fit the female form. With curves in all the right places, four-way stretch and a cut to suit all shapes and sizes, Halbro are uniquely placed to give your team the shirts they deserve. For more information, contact Fergus at halbro.com. To learn more about what Hellbro can do for you and to see some amazing case studies, visit www.hellbro.com forward slash women's hyphen rugby and don't forget to mention grassroots. My goodness me! Here it is, predictable. Well choreographed, perfectly rehearsed. Hello and a warm welcome to episode 9 of Grassroots, the only women's rugby podcast aimed exclusively at the club level game. In this high tackle of a podcast we welcome Nick Joyce who stands in for Molly. We discuss being a female chairperson, rugby after having a baby and Sherry gets her hair done. We are also joined by Karen at Dis Ladies, encounter a very inappropriate referee and yet more nonsense about sports bras. This podcast will be like sitting in the clubhouse bar with a pint after a game. We hope you enjoy it. 22 months with a triple knee operation. She runs in, tries for fun. I'm Lou. She has got a remarkable strike rate. And I'm Jodie. The forward who can't stop scoring. And Molly. The cannonball coming through. And I'm Matt. This is Grassroots. Uh, I'm Georgia Kyle, I play for 1861. Okay, so you had a game today, how do you think you performed? I think it went alright. We played really well considering we had so many different injuries and a lot of people playing out of position for a lot of the game. Where would you say your personal sort of, where you could improve, you feel like you could have done a bit more today? Personally, our scrums were not very strong at all. They dominated us for most of the game in the scrums. I think just... That constant change in front row and other support was didn't put us on a great start on foot and we're not a massive pack either in terms of the league we're playing. But I think definitely some more scrum training would. There was quite a few injuries on both sides today. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything you'd like to tell us about? One of the players dressed, the other starting prop, has uh, got a really bad knee injury, so we really wish her the best. Jess? Uh, Jessica Randall. Randall, okay. So she's hurt her left or right knee? You're asking too much memory here. Okay. I'm going to say right. She's hurting me. Finally, how are you showering today? Probably under shorts and bra. Right. Conservative. Fully clothed. Yeah, just haven't shaved enough for the air. Yeah, fair enough. Good, Good luck. Nice. Well, we look forward to playing you again when Thank you come visit much. us. Thank you for your time. What's the reason Molly's not here? She might come up with a stupid reason. Broke her flat. We may as well carry on with the theme, right? Yeah. Emergency gynaecological surgery. Oh, IMS. <laughs> That's a little extreme, that. Does she be getting get well soon cards? Flowers. <laughs> Rubber ring to sit on so she's not uncomfortable. So to all our regular listeners, we've got a new person on the podcast tonight. It's Nicola Joyce. Welcome, Nicola. As you can tell, she feels right at home. Exactly. Nick is replacing Molly, who is otherwise waylaid with some emergency flap surgery according to Louise 
and Nick has never had terrible injuries of such nature. So one of the interesting things about having Nick on the podcast, and I think we'll go straight into that actually, Nick, is you were the very first female chairperson of Crew and Nantwich Rugby Club. So I suspect around the country there aren't many female chairs of rugby clubs. So it's interesting that you were chair of the rugby club and then disappeared off to the deepest, darkest depths of Wales to recover from the experience. Yes, and uh, had identity protection, changed name, everything. Yeah. <laughs> but welcome to the podcast, Nick. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a pleasure. It's exciting. You don't get stuff like this in deep and darkest Wales. You don't, absolutely. What I want to ask you, Joyce, is, you know, those really attractive stripy blazers that the elected committee <laughs> at Crew and Nantwich wear now? Have you still got yours? Did you ever have one? Without going straight into them versus us, no, I was never included on the order form for that. Yeah, they didn't, yeah. Did they order you a nice twin set and pearls instead? They did, yes, yes. Beautiful cardigan from Marks and Spencer's, high necks, yeah. Long skirt, just below the knee. Tan tights. <laughs> so basically the outfit you wore to the Isle of Man that time? Basically, yeah. I actually just rocked up as hyacinths from the Isle of Man. Yeah. I now have this horrible feeling that that picture, thank you, Lou. Thank you, welcome. <sighs> I hope my dad is going to end up on the Facebook page yes, so people yes, can see that. For our millions of listeners, the Isle of Man is a traditional venue for a mini tour for when they were in the same league as us. And one particular year, it was a fancy dress theme. But the fancy dress was to go as old ladies, is that right? Go as your granny. Go as your granny. Nick, you actually went to somebody's granny having prized the outfit off the dead corpse in the nursing home, I think. To be honest, it was still warm when I got it on. It had the smell of death to it. I'm not known for doing anything by halves, so when somebody says you've got to do it, I went all in, all out, even down to the pants. You even wore granny pants? <laughs> I even wore granny pants. Did you pinch them out a loose kit bag? I'm not going to lie, in the Isle of Man, you need them. I tucked my nipples in. I was so grateful for those black pants, I'm not going to lie. Very method of you to get into character. It was very method. The worst thing was, was when an old man within the bar at the Isle of Man started to chat me up. I knew I'd probably gone too far. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a old age, bad eyesight. Did you see him pop a triangular pill into his drink? Yeah. It's just, you know, just on the off chance. He got lucky. I made a sharp exit left. <laughs> but excuse me, I must go pad my nose. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> we made choose to get your plane home still dressed in that outfit as well, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, and I had to wear a badge as well, like a lost and found. And I had to send photos of proof that I hadn't got changed at any time. And I did embrace it, to be fair. I did use the disabled toilets. If I'd have found a wheelchair, I would have made the two people coming back with me push me to the gate but they didn't yeah did you go on that tour journey no that's the one that i missed out on did you miss the plane i can't remember the reason why i couldn't do it now you arrived at manchester airport when the rest of us were at liverpool (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's about right in fact didn't somebody go and change money or try and go and change money for the other (laughs) man oh there were all these bloody rumors weren't they like well, do we need foreign currency? I don't know. Is it? Is it a foreign country? Do we need euros? I don't know. Do we need euros? Before long, there was that much chat. You were even questioning it yourself. And you're like, hold on a minute. I've got a brain. Surely not. What money Amazing. do I love man use? I did think they had their own. It's not illegal. It's like yeah. one of those sort of novelty currencies, know. isn't it? It's like the Isle of Wight. We use turnips as currency. You can yeah. use normal money, but you can also use turnips. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I had a special pair of slippers for that outfit. Did you? They were just horrific. I mean, they were so, so bad. I didn't even take a picture of them. 
but actually they were really comfortable <laughs> and I wore them the whole night they were amazing who um bust their knee who fell off their granny shoes and had to sit with their knee up oh, was that sherry Obviously, that sort of thing that sounds the sort of thing sherry would do yeah, someone literally fell off their uh, kitten heel. It was always an experience going to the Isle of Man. It was. Special times. That game was like being in World War II. I seriously did think the war horse was going to come past. I'm sure I saw rats in those trenches. <laughs> <laughs> then reinforcement. Yeah, it's a reinforcement. That was the middies in junior section. They're just still trying to tunnel their way out after training on the Sunday. I mean, we had peace in the middle and had a little chat at half time. Play football, yeah, yeah. make some cigarettes. Yeah, played football, out. yeah, had some cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Christmas Day. Played a bit of rugby. <laughs> a little bit of rugby. rest of the time, yeah. it was just, yeah, bonding. Amazing response to the last episode. Lots of people have commented and interacted. Got a, a funny message from Emma at Boston Ladies who found the section on sports bars quite interesting. Sports bras are definitely more complicated than they need to be. Being generously gifted in that department, maximum support is key for me. Steel construction would be a bonus, but sadly not available. I learned the hard way once not to wear underwired ones, as in a scrum I got poked in the neck with the underwire and thought it was my opposition playing dirty. I now often wear two just to stop them from flying around all over the place. I assume that's the breasts, not the bra, flying all over the place. Bra backstraps are also very useful for the bind in the scrum, although I'm sure mine have dropped out the side more than once as a result of over-eager pop. So there you go. So Emma, be careful in that scrum. It sounds like there's all kinds of skullduggery going on. In fact, Joyce, don't you have a story about sports bars? I'm sure on the side of the pitch a couple of weeks ago, you were telling us about an incident that would shame even the most shameless oh, of people. What? Having to have my mother cut me out of my own sports bra the next day. Start at the beginning of the story, Joyce. Come on. It must have been an away game. We must have won because we were all happy. I think I'd managed to neck a bottle of red wine on the way back from the equivalent of a Tommy Tippy cup. <laughs> Um, hadn't realised how much wine I had consumed. And then we decided Sunday night in the Twitch in the dodgy white horse would be a great idea. So we went in there, dancing the night away, um, still in said sports bra, because I couldn't have got out of it in the shower, just didn't have that movement. Very, very drunk, got home, still couldn't get out of it, trapped, started to hyperventilate a bit at one point. But... <laughs> have you ever got stuck in a top? You panic. Yes. You panic. and that- panic in shoes and then you start sweating and then you've got one arm slightly out but you can't get the other one out and now you're just trapped like a straight jacket and that's how I yeah and you're a little bit red and a little bit out of breath (laughs) no at which point I must have collapsed into a state of slumber to be woken the next morning still trapped like Nemo Gimpy Finn like half out (laughs) on one side (laughs) Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I think my mother did initially think I might have had a stroke <laughs> because of the position I was stuck in. And I must say, kitchen scissors and a, and a very good sports bra, it's a lot of work. At one point, I thought she might have even cut me. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, it was quite horrific. Yeah, not the thing you want. And then obviously because they'd been contained for so long, the breasts kind of exploded out into the space. <laughs> me surely followed going I'm going to be sick not good times I once got stuck what? inside a duvet cover quite similar you don't know how to get out you lose all yeah. exits you're stuck under ice and then you start Terrible. I had that moment of rationality thinking come on I'm a grown man how can I be stuck inside a duvet cover so I then tried yeah. to sort of calm my breathing down and sort of rationally think my way out and only seem to make the situation worse all you think is 
oh, this is it. I'm here forever then. That's it. This is my life. And you just accept it. You're like, fuck, I can't get out. This is how I die. The other one I had was at a, was it a sale game. Molly had recommended that Marks and Spencer's zip bra. Oh, did she? Was this after she wore it or before? Well, I think it was during. It's the bloody zip bra. Anyway, the girls had unleashed themselves. They wanted to join in the fun. I had to take to a knee because getting them back in and the zip done up. Anyway, Jake, the young physio, tootled over thinking I was injured. He got more than he wanted to be. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, God, sorry, 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 sorry. I was like, okay, <laughs> nothing to see here. Well, there's a lot to see here, but nothing to see. <laughs> Off you two. That's so Jake, isn't it? Because he's such a nice sort of kind me. sort of guy. There was one time when I did tape my boobs. What? I know. It was very early on, I think. I'm not quite sure why I taped. But don't ever get your teammates to rip off the tape. <gasps> what did you tape them to? don't know. There must have been a bra malfunction. I think I must have just taped round. Taped round your body. Like you bind it oh out. God. Joyce, you do know that's the ears you meant to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I am front row, so we're a bit special. I've got pierced, really. I, I tell you what, cauliflower ears is one thing, but cauliflower boobs is a whole other level of ridiculous, isn't it? Maybe that's what I'd read. I'd gone down a Google hole of can you get cauliflower tit and wondered, okay, we're going to tape these. We tape everything else. We're going to tape the tits. Downside is it's a very strong tape, and when your teammate rips it off, you wonder whether she's taking your nipples with you. You heard it here first. Strap your bap. Strap. <laughs> you can't strap a flap, but you can strap a bap. <laughs> Save the bap with cauliflower boob. Just to point out that you don't get cauliflower boob. It's not true. I've Googled it. There's no such thing. <laughs> what comes up when you do Yet. Google it, though? Don't do it, Jodie. Don't do it. Not on your mother's laptop anyway. Can I just go back to Emma's comment, Emma from Boston? Yes. Do you think she's actually saying that steel nipple caps for sports bras <laughs> are a thing? Like steel toe caps. Steel like steel cap. toe caps, but for a sports bra. Wouldn't it be like one of those gladiator women then, or like Madonna? Is that what we're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, well, pointy could be a bit dangerous, but maybe smooth cup. Yeah. We'll definitely tackle yeah. tips from below with those cones though, won't you? We'll keep you at tackles low. It would keep your tackles low, wouldn't it? If every t- it'd be quite an amusing noise, though, wouldn't it? A big dong every time you tackle too high. <laughs> I might just put sleigh bells on mine for this weekend. I'll give it a Christmas feel to it. Some jingle bells. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like a slow trot. <laughs> <laughs> like we slow down a tape recorder, wouldn't it? No, actually, it'd probably miss every other bell, so it would just sound like Rudolph's broken. That's how it would sound. <laughs> so, Nick, becoming chair of a rugby club, after nearly 100 years. Just two years off that 100-year anniversary. Was this one of those situations like it was with me, where you were sitting at home having a cup of tea and you got a text message telling you that you'd been elected chair? Because <laughs> that's what happened to me on, on several different appointments, none of which I had applied for or had any knowledge of until I was told when I could start. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry about that. I'd been involved in minis and juniors since my youngest, who's 18, this week. I'd started to play at four or five. So I'd always been around the club and had seen stuff and heard, well, this sounds awful, and I apologise, because you are amazing in many ways, all the moaning about things that didn't happen. And I've always had the mentality, well, you can't moan about it if you're not prepared to do anything. So I'd done minis and juniors for a while and had a little inkling into how it was going into the male side. And I hadn't long joined the women's team. So it wasn't as though I was going in as a women power, we need to take over the world. It was just like, we just need to get shit done. And a good friend who's now sadly passed away, Nick Price, 
bless him, said through gritted teeth there. He went, I will support you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. I'll nominate you. I think you'll do a cracking job. And then he passed away about three weeks later and left me on my own to deal with it. So I had a kind of duty to make sure that I stepped up for him. He wanted to make sure it happened. You know what? 90% of the club welcomed it with open arms. They realised that I wasn't there just to make their lives difficult. I was there to make it easier. And I think my starting pitch was if I could build a clubhouse, it'd be round because I don't do chatting in corners. If you've got anything to say, come and say it. If you've got a problem, come and tell me and we'll try and sort it out. And then everybody Uh, did. And then everybody did. (laughs) Everybody did. (laughs) To the point I had to shop in a different town. (laughs) (laughs) I I shit you not, I did. I had to go to like Stoke just to do a weekly shop so I didn't get accosted by people. Like Morrison's. Um, Chairman Joyce, Chairman Joyce, please help. Yeah, Joyce, yeah. yeah. Chairman, it was always chairperson, chairman. Chairperson, sorry. Yeah. But we went through some really radical changes during that, not from my doing, but because I think we came together as a club. We realised that the women's section was doing amazing, that the minis and juniors section was doing amazing. We had a young girls section coming in and we needed to get the men's section up to speed as well. I think... The club learned a lot during that time. From memory, you presided over a particularly challenging period, didn't you? Because you had two deaths. Some might call that a coincidence, Nick. Some might say, you know, <laughs> oh let's my investigate. God. There's a female chairwoman. Yeah, look what's happened. <laughs> Send people to their it's graves. It works, isn't it? They don't agree. Yeah. Get rid of them, people. Exactly. No, that wasn't it at all. There was a difficult season for the men's first team, wasn't it? Huge difficult season. Topped off by them playing an underage player. God, I remember that. Oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, so my yeah. first season was two deaths, a fight. An major RFU incident. And bearing in mind, I'm known to use high levels of sarcasm and inappropriate humour in times of stress. So being made to sit in front of the RFU board to explain ourselves, I had to have quite some serious coaching before I went in. You know, like when you're at school, you were probably all really good. I spent a lot of time in the headmaster's office. So it was like going back there and being reprimanded. That was the hardest thing ever was not to laugh because it was so serious. And I know it was serious what happened, but I had to make a really, really tough decision that I stand by today. But it was the women, well, the laws were that the points would go to the highest team in the club. So whoever was in the highest in the league at that time, that was the women or the first team would have to have points deducted. So it was um, and maths not being my strong point. I was literally fingers and toes out thinking of the worst case scenario and best case. Well, if we lost points, where would we end up? And if the men lost points, where would they end up? Yeah. And it was a real juggle. And I didn't have any time to think or soundboard it. I do remember you going through that, Nick, and it was a very tough time, actually. And during your time as chair person, you had to deal with quite a lot of stuff and not just general club stuff but also new stuff as well like a woman being the chair person for the first time ever that was pretty major but correct me if I'm wrong takes a woman to get in there and get shit sorted it's a bit like when you know like you like Matt and and Nick and that and coaches come in you've got that male coaches you come in without the emotion so you can deal really clearly with fact and I think I've always kind of been in a male dominated environment in the jobs I've done so it didn't phase me. So I was quite happy to deal with the fact. I think floored quite a few people because it's like, well, I'm not going to get into the tit for tat. Yeah. This is your problem. You've got these two solutions. Pick one. Well, your tits were taped up, weren't they, to be fair? So 
They were taped up, yeah. So. There was no tatting with the tip. <laughs> no, no tatting. They were kept very apart. There was no flapping, yes. Yeah. What I found really challenging when I was involved a little bit with the committees, and I'm sure every club around the country has the same experience, is that you're dealing with volunteers. You're dealing with people who are doing things out out of kindness, out of sense of duty or love for the club or whatever, but they're not always the right people to be doing the job they're given. And that can be really challenging. What experience did you have with the people around you that were obviously working hard and doing what they could, but maybe weren't quite doing what you wanted them to do? Yeah, it it was a huge amount of diplomacy at times, not something I'm known for. (laughs) But, you know, it was getting to know the personalities. And I guess this happens with any club. We have lots of volunteers or willing volunteers who offer help. But when you call it in, they're not there to be seen. And the biggest problem we had as a club is we had a few people doing the majority of the work. And mine was always about how do we make sure we don't have a single point of failure because if we have one of these key people go down that's it the whole thing falls apart you know so our ground team who do a fantastic job pretty much run by two or three people who are not the sprightliest I mean they're brilliant but it's kind of like we've got to get more people involved and they've got to help let people get involved as well because we can get quite territorial on the roles we do don't know well I hope I did a fairly good job I mean I didn't really kill anyone it's a tough gig. Any organisation when you're a volunteer is a tough gig. I went in knowing it was going to be a 24-7 job for two years. Yeah, and the thing is, you get your shit from all sides and you're like, hold on a minute, I'm doing this for free. How's about give me a break? Oh, that was going to be my yeah. question. Did you get paid for it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's amazing that people, like you know, there's phone calls at two o'clock because someone's been arrested and they need bailing out. And it's like, well, I'm not your mother. I'm the chair. Thanks for letting me know. We'll deal with the discipline on Monday. In my short time being involved in the committee as well as part of the ladies committee, and then you get invited to the wider committee, what I couldn't cope with was Les's ever-decreasing pencil. (laughs) (laughs) That had hit its nearly centenary, to be honest. He'd had it for the 100 years. He's been sharpening it for years on years. And I think when I joined, it was about an inch long. And he's still using it. Now, there's no laptop. There's no biro. There was a tiny pad and there was a very, very small pencil. And very, very small writing on any accounts that you literally had to take <laughs> my eyeball out and put on. Yeah. Les was in charge of finances. Account. Which was a good trait to have that he'd kept that pencil because I knew money wasn't going to waste. I think ultimately it came down to trust. There'd been a lot of people with a bit control hungry previously in roles within the club. And I was just like, look, that's your job. I'm trusting you to crack on and do it. If you need to spend 500 quid on fertiliser, spend 500 quid on fertiliser. That's your area of expertise. Crack on. If I can help you in any way, tell me. I'm not spreading it, but, you know, tell me. You know, I'm here to really facilitate. I'm not here to make any of the decisions. To be fair, Katie could be a human muck spreader, couldn't she? Yeah, yeah, the amount of poo she has before a game, yeah. Do you know, we've missed a trick, really, because actually we're podcasting tonight when, in fact... It is the club AGM tonight. So really, we should have all gone. And I could have gone for chairman. Joyce, you could have took a new role. You could have maybe gone for... Secretary. Secretary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And Jodie, what would you like to be? I can't go for the AGM because I've got COVID, so... I'm going to nominate you in absentia, Jodie. I can do that. I've got a direct line straight to the director of rugby. Go for it. So I'm going to nominate Jodie for discipline officer disciplinary officer referee liaison so you can have long detail <laughs> meetings with david owen about the latest oh, laws. Yes. 
hard pass. Actually, there's a question for you, Jodie. So obviously part of the conversation around a female chair in a, in a male rugby club is a question around diversity, isn't it? And we'll cover this in more detail in a future episode because it is a big subject. But do you feel as a gay person in the rugby environment that you're accepted and it's fairly normal, if you like? Within the dynamics of the team, yes. I don't know much about the sort of committee part of it and I don't have much to do with that. So that side, I wouldn't know. But within the team and within people and sort of surroundings of the team, I'd say yes. Although I wouldn't feel comfortable so much being myself around some of the men just because of some of their old attitudes. So that's the only time I've ever felt uncomfortable at the rugby yeah. club because of who I am. I think ours on the whole is pretty good, actually, given it's in a fairly working class area, if you like. I'd say the club is extremely good in that area. I remember when we first started, that was one of my biggest concerns was the way some of the male section might react to having you know women in the clubhouse, having gay players and so on around them. But if anything, they've been on the whole very supportive, I think. It's always your one here and there, but I think it's been a lot better than some clubs seem to have had. I think someone's told me a story about Someone not letting them in the male changing room in case they leave all their tampons around. <laughs> really? Well, do you know what? And then I would have gone in and hung tampons from the ceiling like a, an art installation. How many tampons are you going to leave around? I mean... I'm quite messy when it comes to my tampons. I, I each time I just throw them on the wall. I forget how to throw them in. And then if I've dropped one, then I'll make sure that... I'm just thinking of the turtles in the environment. We'd have just left the moon cups around so they didn't need to worry about the tampons. <laughs> To be fair to Crew and Namtwitch, I think I was more shocked by a kind of a demographical age group with the reaction to women and the women's team. I could pretty much put them in an age band. It, well, it does say more about them rather than anything else. But the, can I say, the older generation, fully acceptable. And actually, although they'd probably never say it, were really, really proud. They were the guys that would come down on a Sunday. If you looked who was in there, you know, it was our old global army of gentlemen who were down there to watch yeah um, absolutely they were and they were yeah. so so proud the younger generation as well you know your juniors that didn't bat an eyelid you know up to that but it was i'm going to do a really sweeping statement you'll probably need to cut it out because i'll get sued for libel but it was kind of like your third team demographic they were the ones that had the biggest problem with it i'd echo that absolutely yeah yeah i will share this this will make you laugh when we first started i remember talking about coaching and how it was really important that people got behind it and so on i won't name him the outgoing president he's one of these people that's very pro something without possibly really believing it so it's the kind of person that is not racist but has loads of black friends do you know what i mean and he said to me he said look i'm going to come down to training and just be there as in my role as president to support when you're training because women can get very emotional and they might find sometimes that things get a bit heated so i'll be there just in case they need an arm around their shoulders or maybe for me to wipe the tears from their eyes and i'm not exaggerating this is what he said that's so nice of him okay that's nice maybe we won't talk about the tit grab the moment i got sworn in as the chair then shall we go ahead joyce (laughs) to be fair i think it was a genuine misplacement of hands you're trying to grab your fanny instead yeah you're well maybe (laughs) i just kind of said thank you for selecting me a chair i'll do my best for the club and he just kind of leant across and went quiet he actually did tell me to shut up or something along those lines and left his hand on my right boob there's only a very short time span of when you can remove that and hope you style it out and a genuine error but if you stand there and carry on talking whilst hand is still on boob just becomes uncomfortable i've gone past the point of saying we're going to have to move this so i just let it happen wrong i know but the whole first team's faces at the front row they were just like what the 
I'm just oh. like, it's okay, he's old. That's it's not, a mistake. Oh. Yeah. No, that's no excuse. Yeah. Picky fights, isn't it? That one probably wasn't the one to have. I don't feel quite as so sorry for him yeah. as I did though when Sherry dropped her boobs on his head in the team photo that time. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. <laughs> This is Karen from Dis Ladies Rugby Club. Dis have asked to come on the podcast to tell us a little bit about what they've been doing. Karen, great to have you on the podcast and welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much. Karen, tell me a bit about your team. So we've got a lovely bunch of ladies, around about 23 in, in total. That includes a lot of young ones who are off to university as well. We're a mixture of mums and ladies who live locally who have seen either the posters or, you know, word of mouth, who come along. We, we train on a Wednesday night. They're just a great bunch of ladies who are just so much fun to be with. Yeah. So how did it all start, Karen? This rugby club has been going for some time, especially with the girls. And James, the head coach, wanted looking to uh, start a, a, a ladies team. At the time, I was going along with my husband, Noel, who is one of the coaches, and my daughter, Bethany, who at the time was, playing front 15s. James was uh, was saying about starting a ladies team. So so it was kind of a natural step for me to to come along. And initially, at first, I just trained with the under-18s and was completely lost in what I had to do. But catch a ball and pass a ball was fine. And then closely followed by, by Vicky and then Shelley. Vicky, she is another mum, and Shelley as well. We just kind of grew from there, really. And now we've got our own team, we play on our own, we don't have to be supported with the under-18s, and we've got our own coach as well. It's just like a good vibe. And we've got the age range as well of, of players, the youngest 18, right up to myself being the oldest at 55. We just get on so well, we just gel so well. Prior to this team, were you a rugby fan? Well, <laughs> well, I kind of looked at rugby in probably probably the usual way of the big strong arms and stuff like that, the men's rugby. But apart from that, that was really it. I did start to get a bit more interested when my daughter was playing, Bethany was playing, or she still is playing. It was like, oh, you know, that started to get more interested that way. But since I've been playing, obviously, I'm, I'm just the interest is so great. And when I'm watching it on the on the telly, I understand a lot more of what they're doing, you know. When you first started playing then, what did you find most difficult? So I remember the first couple of sessions, and like I said, I was with the under-18s, and young girls just running so fast. And exactly, as you just said, watching it on the sidelines, it looks kind of easy. But when you're in the middle of it, and when I was new, it was just so fast. And you got this yelling and this shouting. And I'm um, just sort of, whoa, oh, blimey, oh, where am I? What's <laughs> the way we're facing, you know? It was really daunting, you know? You just pick things up as you go along, you know? The more you think about rugby, the harder it gets. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. I think that is one of the things that I have, I have started to learn a bit more. It's just relax and just go for it. Get, get the ball. If you do something wrong, the ref will tell you that you've done something wrong or the coach will tell you that you've done something wrong. Don't think about it. Get the ball and run. Catch the ball, run forward. That's, that's, that's right. Run forward. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> run forward, all you pass back. Run forward. If you can't work out, pass back. Don't pass. Just keep running <laughs> until somebody <laughs> stops right. you. That's and then right. try and get up quickly and do it again. What's been the most surprising thing about starting rugby then? The fact that it's for everyone. You know, no one looks at me and just sort of and thinks, 
Ooh, there's no judging. We're all different shapes and sizes, but we just look at each other as our friends and our team. But a positive atmosphere, you know. Yeah. And, and what has that done for you as a person, do you think? How has it impacted you as an individual? Just the confidence, really, you know. It just improves your confidence. And for me personally, it's just sort of made me think that I can get out there on that pitch and, and run. And I just wish I'd started earlier. And how has this rugby club embraced having a ladies' section? Oh, they have really been supportive. The senior male... Yeah, the executive, um, the committee. They are they're really supportive. The changing rooms are being sorted out for us, the sanitary machines for the ladies, new tops and that. It, they really have been supportive of us and made us feel really welcome. The recognition is just really high, you know, on their agenda. Fantastic. And where are this ladies at now as a team? We're in a development team now. We're uh, yeah. and still developing, still learning, still building as a team, I guess, as well. We are still developing. Who's your coach? Uh, James Stanley. And how has James taken to coaching ladies? Oh, I think he loves it, yeah. <laughs> what do you think he'd say if I asked him what are the biggest challenges? <laughs> I think you'd say the talking. (laughs) (laughs) So, James, if you're listening, my advice to you for having been down this road myself is make sure fitness at the start of every session to get rid of some of the the chat and then, you you know, you can work with them after that. Good 20 minutes of hard exercise. (laughs) That normally shuts them up. I can (laughs) hear him saying that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) We've tried that. (laughs) Who's the class clown then? Who's the one that everyone looks to? to get the party started <laughs> oh i think that's going to be vicky that is she's just so funny you know with um things that she says and sometimes the the way she'll sound about on the pitch is the one that uh, makes everyone laugh and then of course shelly's not far after her you know shout out to both of them every team needs that one that team joker that one that makes everybody laugh and picks them up don't they so they're very important so vicky keep doing what you're doing you be you important role to play isn't it <laughs> yes yeah one thing we've been talking a bit about a little bit in our club is the importance of respecting the fact that you're a role model to the younger players. What barriers do you think are facing that age group in getting into rugby and staying with rugby? Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And personally, I think, I think for the young girls who, in my experience with, with what I've seen, for the young girls who are coming up to uh, the under-18s, um, I think the barriers for them are probably, you know, their work. They probably get an evening job, a weekend job. And then, of course, sometimes the work they have is not as flexible for them. And then, of course, they've got, I mean, like my daughter, she is 17. So, so it's sixth form at the moment and, um, and then exams when she's 18. That's uh, a big thing. And, of course, um, she's going to go to uni. So for some of the young girls, it's, they've got that leaning um, ahead of them there. Um, exams from college and the preparation for uni or training for for their job and then of course it's boyfriends i think it's a mixture of of these obstacles and but i think personally i think it's it's kind of like a natural progression you know um, as much as they don't want to not play rugby but you know i think it's a natural progression for them to be moving into the land of their new work, their new training, their new that kind of thing. What would you say then to somebody thinking of coming down and having a go at this? Oh, 
if you're not sure then just this come and watch come and watch yeah definitely what i'd say and that is what i do say when when um when i have had some people you know email me and and say i'm thinking of it then no if you're not sure just come and watch and then we'll have a chat afterwards the thing that that we have found that was a bit rubbish right at the beginning we were hanging on a bit of a rubbish pitch you know got four i think we've got four pitches and then and we've got a fifth one which is kind of like tucked around the corner you know so we were playing on there and um and it's just uneven and there was lots of holes in it and so we were having to put a cone over the holes so just be careful where you run you know it was just not nice and while the boys are playing on a on a nicer pitch that's very grassroots actually that I, mm. that is exactly the kind of thing that we love and have you listened to our podcast karen um yeah <laughs> well there's your job that's on my to-do list that's your task list yeah <laughs> apologies in advance <laughs> Jodie, I seem to remember you had some stats from one of the games. Oh, I do. I've not formulated it to any statistics yet, but I do have some stats. Can I just say, I am the naked one of the team. Are you? Yeah, you're very much are, aren't you? Yeah, I strip naked and walk through, and I feel at 46 that I have a duty of care to keep it real. It's because you're old school, Joyce. I am old school, yeah. You get a shower when you are naked. Yes. I've just been running around. The bits that are covered, they're the bits that need washing. Correct. Like, yeah. That'd be a really weird baby shower, though. <laughs> so, if it's a shower, you need to be naked. A naked yeah. baby shower. Yeah. There's probably a website dedicated to that kind of thing. A bit niche, Jodie. It's a bit specialist, that. Who have you had stats from now? You've had Didsbury, we talked about. Didsbury, another... Did we have Darlington? I think we've had a Darlington. Sale you spoke to, didn't you? Yeah, I got some good information from Sale. Is Sale a particularly naked team, or are they? I suppose they're pro athletes up there, aren't they? So they're probably quite well, active. Their backs get naked by the looks of it. Do they? Yeah, backs. I'm trying to make general rationalisations of it. My basic judgment, and this is mainly because of people like Joyce, is that forwards are more likely to be full naked than backs. I think it's not a positional thing, though. I need to start not. asking ages because I think that's going to be key. But I just feel rude to ask your ages. Well, kind of bracket it then, because I reckon you can. Yeah, don't guess. Uh, <laughs> I think it might be an age. Oh, the thing. positioning of your nipples. I'm going to guess that you're in this age bracket. <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> oh I, I did questions with a fully dressed. Thank God. <laughs> I was really body conscious. I mean, you've had this conversation on previous podcasts, and the one thing that rugby gave me was the confidence to love my body. And I, you know, I didn't start until I was, what, 41 playing rugby. So, you know, I'd spent a good 10 years hating my body. But being in that changing rooms and just seeing all the different shapes and sizes and how confident everybody is, appears to be confident. Yeah, there was no doubt I'm going for a shower, going for a shower, like it was at home. I like your body. You say 41, this is what we like to call 31. 31 okay okay yeah sorry it was just a slip of a tongue I just got excited <laughs> do you feel though that we've had this conversation a little bit before but people like yourself who've been through that body confidence journey you have almost an element of responsibility to the younger ones to not care as well and to feel more confident in themselves so by being oh, oh, yeah. you know totally. even if you don't feel it inside almost by going through the, the faking it process of feeling confident it kind of helps yeah oh, cool. yeah definitely i've got a daughter i've got sons as well but i've got a daughter and she's very confident. So she's quite happy in her skin. But see, I remember taking her and a couple of her friends swimming. Mine just stripped off there. And then in the change, it didn't even go into a cubicle. And I remember seeing the other ones were like really cubicle orientated, you know, in no part of their body shown. I thought, 
this is really sad. We're so drilled now to not feeling comfortable in our skins. But yeah, I do. I mean, there's zero fucks given, to be honest. I'm getting in and I'm getting that mud off from every crack. Well, we also want to know, Joyce, is do you have a flannel? No, I borrow Sherry's. <laughs> Before all that, she's used it. I'm never quite sure. I'm too scared to ask. <laughs> but you've got no major illnesses as yet, so you're probably all right. No, no, and to be honest, I think my immune system's improved dramatically. So, um, yeah, win-win all round. Yeah. I saw the Barocca. He's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I, the rock. I, the river. I, the tree, I am yours. Your passages have been paid. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. The Greeks had Socrates, Romans had Cicero, the French Descartes, and this is the Shakespeare of grassroots women's rugby. This is where legends are made. Jez says. I don't even know how far cat Are we talking about wine? No, not yet. Bodies. It's not quite five o'clock yet. It's five o'clock somewhere in the world. Well, so, if it was uh, the summer, technically with British summertime, it would be five o'clock, so... Uh, maybe I'll have a wine, an early afternoon wine. I need a wine after Katie stitched me up good <laughs> and proper today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go on, so, explain. So, you know, Katie works for the council with this decree pledge thing, which is basically kind of a youth enablement programme. So they help young people... Euthanasia programme. Not euthanasia, although some of them bloody need it, I tell you. <laughs> youth enablement programme. Right. So, <laughs> So the idea is, is that you kind of help them get jobs and keep them off the streets and all that sort of stuff. So she asked me to go to Reese Heath today to do a talk on careers and job search skills and all the rest of it. She then, of course, also tested positive for COVID. So she's now isolating somewhere. And the only instruction I got was turn up at the sports hall at Reese Heath, ask for a guy called Matt, and he'll sort it for you and it'll all be fine. Don't worry, there'll be a projector, there'll be audiovisual equipment. The initial thing she said would be about 30 kids. Turned out there were 70 of the bastards. So I walked into the sports hall, met this guy called Matt, but there were three different Matts. So it took me a while right. to find the right Matt. And I'm called Matt as well, which didn't help. They didn't have a projector, didn't have any audiovisual equipment. It was literally a room full of kids just all going off their nut because it's Monday. And then I had to basically do three consecutive sessions of the same thing with groups of 30 with these kids or 25, whatever it was. It was hard. I feel like I've been through some stuff today. I feel like my day looks almost a bit like Sherry's day. But yeah, imagine that every day, though. This isn't day with me, this is life. This is why I'm constantly on the edge. Having worked for Katie doing Diddy Rugby, I can totally empathise with where you're coming from. (laughs) To be fair, it was quite fun. It's just knackering. I mean, seriously, what is it with kids today? Honestly, I sound like such an old bastard, but they just couldn't stay off their phones for more than 30 seconds. It was just ridiculous. It was like they're all addicts, like junkies. Yeah, it's like literally the minute they come out of something like a classroom, it's instant. See kids walking around the street everywhere. They cannot look up from the phone. No, they can't. I'm surprised there isn't a lot more incidents of people walking into trees and lampposts. Looking at a phone screen releases the same dopamine receptors as drugs. Does it? Yeah, Doesn't surprise it's me. Basically, an addiction. It's not good. How was your package today, Sherry? You mean me manscaped thing? Yeah. Well, I only had about like ten seconds to quickly rip the box open because my hair was falling out at the time. <laughs> but yeah, the t-shirt's right up my street. You know, like an, a nice slogan. My yeah. balls will thank me. Yeah, I'll have that on tomorrow. You'll be traumatising all the old biddies in Lidl with that, won't you? 
Don't go to Lidl. That's too posh for me. Go to Aldi. Oh, sorry, Aldi. That's where the seventy-five percent off stickers can be found. Yeah. So no, I haven't had a look at the other bits yet, but I will give them the once over later on once I've worked through about another hundred jobs. So next time I see Martin, he's going to be even balder than usual. Yeah. Are they for your head? Yeah, you can shave anything you want with it, to be honest. They're not really designed for your head as such. What about Rex? I don't know what you'd use a ball toner for if it's for the head. I'm not sure why you'd want to, to, to tone your balls. I'm not quite sure what that achieves, really. Tone them in what way? Like, ball come up? Like yeah, face toner? So. Yeah, what does face toner oh, do? Oh, I thought you meant tone as in, like, build muscle. <laughs> <laughs> like, they weren't big enough. Abs in your balls. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like I thought Batty was bulking. Bulking in the dance area. <laughs> bulking his balance. He needs two trolleys in the supermarket it. now. One to carry his balls around. <laughs> nice. Have you found a suitable use for yours yet, Jodie, though? Because obviously you're a bit concerned there weren't any men in your household. Well, obviously I haven't got many men in my life. So I had three main choices that I could give it to. My colleague, so that was a no. Uh, my dad... I didn't really want to envisage him massaging his balls. <laughs> the lowest denominator had to be mum's boyfriend. I think the, probably the best thing is is you use it on someone. Instead of gifting it, offer your services. I don't really want to do that. The reason I don't have many men in my life is a personal choice. And I would not want to... Yeah, but I don't one. mean in a perverted way. So you can get a feel for what the stuff does. So you can talk about it on the next episode. I think that's a good shout. I think maybe, could you get your mum involved, Joe? If you're giving it to her boyfriend, then maybe... Yeah, I'm sure. She'd love that. She could give us a little review when she's <laughs> sure. got the lawnmower out. I think she's keeping it for a Christmas present, so it'll be a sort of January. So you'll be recording live from A&E? <laughs> nice. One bollock down. Yeah. Well, the way things are going today, with my hair dropping out with the bleach, I could use it to trim the last bits off, because I don't know what's going to go on when I take this towel off. I've always got the option now. I could tone my head and <laughs> my scalp. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it does smell very nice, so that's a good start, I think. Looks like I'm going to wear my scrum cap during the day as well. Put your scrum cap on before you had your hair done, Sherry. You could like pull all the hairs through the scrum cap and have or it like, like dyed in a special... the streaking cap. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Perhaps do that next time. Could you spare that in mind for yeah. your next hairdo? <laughs> Damn, can't believe I didn't think of it. <laughs> Theme today is rugby-based Christmas present. So I know you you have a lot of festive cheer in your household. When I went around earlier, there's quite a lot of decorations up already. There's a reindeer in the garden. I bet you that jumper of yours has been out already, is not it? a great Dane in the hallway that stops you getting to the front door. You should decorate Rex. I have tried that before now. They wanted him to be a reindeer in the school play, but, you know, he's just recovering from his leg operation, so I don't know if he's going to be up to it. Get some antlers on him. As a rugby player, as a rugby fan... I always find it at this time of year a bit frustrating when people ask me what I want for Christmas and they say, oh, I'll get you something rugby related. Or somebody asks dad or somebody what I want for Christmas and he says, oh, I don't know, he likes rugby. And then you get all manner of crap gifts. So in your household, you're all rugby players in your household, aren't you? Is Romy playing now as well? No, she did for a bit, but she just plays netball now and does gymnastics. So what would constitute a good rugby present versus a bad rugby present in your household? I don't really get that many rugby gifts, but I've never had a bad one. The best one was my scrum cap, Shezdog. They had it made for me from Canterbury, like, and they designed it in all the wild colours that they knew I'd like. It's actually called Shezdog. It was named. So that was like the best one ever. I wore that all of Christmas Day. Went out for Christmas lunch that year, wore the scrum cap. You did it? Yeah. 
<laughs> it went down the cronky. I just oh loved God. it. I didn't want to take it off. I normally get a hoodie or something like that, a rugby hoodie, but not a set team for whatever team Jamie Roberts is playing for at the time. Because it's not actually the team I support, it's Jamie Roberts. I've got the Bath hoodie. I've had the Harlequins hoodie. Because whatever team he moves to, that's what I get, that hoodie. Is he still playing? I think he's just commentating on that now. But that's what I always used to get, the hoodie of whatever team he was at at the time. Oh, can you imagine? If I get famous enough from being Chez Says, can you do that about it? I don't know what you can do, but can you sort it out so I get famous enough just to run I'm a celebrity? I only want to be that famous. It doesn't need to be more than that. Where do you have to be at to get recognised as the kind of celebrity that gets to go on I'm a celebrity? But and then Jamie Roberts won the same series. Oh, you want to go on I'm a celebrity? If you could get the weird... If you want, so you want to be on I'm a Celebrity specifically with Jamie Roberts, that's a massive ask, show. Well, I want to get on it anyway. But it would be, well, let me just set up a fake I'm a Celebrity. It would be loads better for me if, if you could get him on it as well and we went on together. That would literally make my life. It would be better when he's back in the jungle because it's a bit chilly in the castle for him to be stripping off. It probably better. We'll wait till we go back to Australia. Surely there's easier ways of meeting him <laughs> than suffering of starvation for three weeks. No, but I want it to be normal, like, sat about chatting, like on Nantwich Square over a, a Chatwin's meat and potato. <laughs> I don't want it to be forced. I'll need three weeks to crack him. You reckon? Yeah. How would you go about seducing Jamie Roberts then? What be your tactic? Well, I wouldn't, would I? I wouldn't, I'm not like that. I just would be my normal self. That would work. I know that but it would take time. I couldn't do it in a day. Crack him as in send him insane, Sherry. Bit by bit, I'd turn the screw, get him round to my way of thinking. <laughs> bit by bit, inch by inch, like on the little caption. By the end of it, he'd realise I need to be Mrs. Roberts. Sherry Davis was Hill, was Davis Roberts. <laughs> it's now Roberts. To be fair, I think that's the sort of thing we do need to see. Yeah. It's not a quick meeting thing. It, that wouldn't work because it'd just be, how can I get your autograph? needs to be in normal situation, just sat around chatting over time. Ant or Deck, if you're listening, drop us a line. Sherry wants to get on I'm a Celebrity. So why don't we just set up a fake one? Pretend it's I'm a Celebrity, tell Jamie Roberts he got on it, and then just lock him in a castle with you for a couple of weeks. Have oh. you got his number? Have you got a way of contacting him? Also, I'd have a spare 50 grand to offer him and a contract for it. We don't actually have to pay him. We just tell him he's going to get when he gets out. He's got to last a minimum of two weeks. Could take my manscaping stuff in. That could be my luxury item. Ball toner. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what are you hoping Santa brings you for Christmas this year, then, Sherry? What's on your list? Apart from Jamie Roberts wrapped up. Or other right trust horn up. for me, Ram. <laughs> That's all I want. What do you want? A right horn. Is it a particularly ornate horn? Well, yeah, it has to fit into that slot and it has to match the other one, doesn't it? Can't you just replace both of them? I might be able to, but at the moment, where I bought it from, they said it was a one-off piece and it's discontinued. So it's highly unlikely I'm going to find horns that are identical that fit into those exact holes. The other option's a wig on it. Take the other one off and put a wig on. Christmas hat, maybe. That could work at this time of year. Yeah, it's a temporary fix, isn't it, really? I'm not really so had time it's... to think about Christmas yet. I'm just crazy busy. No, I'm not really. had time to let Christmas in. <laughs> yeah, it's as if it isn't happening. It's a bit like the house move. It's not happening. It's suddenly there. You it need to do something times. about your schedule. I know, it's crazy. Can't we just take a few things out of your schedule? What can go? Come on, you seem to have a lot in there. What can go? Uh, take out the pedicure and the oh, yeah. housework. Yeah. Stop getting my hair bleached once every couple of months. That's like an hour and 15 minutes that I could be doing something more constructive. I've already shaved off the full experience. I'm already coming home with the foil on my head. So I've saved a bit there. And if my hair has fallen out, once I take this towel off, 
I've saved a bit more because I've got no hair to bleach. So that'll free me up time. I might get lunch that day. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking, don't you? I'm actually not. <laughs> Oh, no, I really don't. I'm just trying to help you with your scheduling. I think you, I think enslaving your children would be a good start. Scheduling? Have you told Louise about your random parking? Batty just rocked up at my house and said, do you want to come in for a minute? He goes, oh, I can't. I've parked like a twat. And his car was completely in the middle of the road, just sat there. <laughs> Barely had time to throw the manscaping kit at me, and then there was horns beeping left, right, and centre. Oh my god! I this thought is... there'd been a drive-by or something. Let's clarify this. It's not like a major road. It's not like a blooming motorway. Well, it's just a little, but little side a road, road on the estate. How people get past, and your car was in the middle of it. I didn't expect somebody to come around that exact second. Just it was lucky, a bit unfortunate. I guess. It's a shame. That. I was looking forward to coming in and you, you making me a cup of tea, and you could have shown me this ram that you keep talking about. Yeah, I was going to do that as well. Next time, Batty. Yeah, indeed. On another note, you also nipped off the other day and didn't have your pints of vodka and brocca again. I'm not being funny. It was tight. I had to be at work in half an hour. And not only that, I don't know if you noticed, but it was snow and ice that day. And so that made my schedule even smaller because I knew I was going to have to go 30 in a 60 and I usually go 80. So <laughs> time was of the essence. Time's always of the essence, Sherry. It was, it was any, anything like a spanner in the works. And it all goes to shit. Well, the spanner in the works that day was the weather. That suddenly shaved half an hour off my schedule. How did you find playing rugby in the snow, Sherry? You know what? I actually love I wish I could play in snow every week. It was awesome. What did you like about it? The soft landing. <laughs> <laughs> so when you planted the snow? Any part of me planted the snow. It was like landing in a cloud. <laughs> a very cold, wet one. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't really feel the cold. I don't really ever wear a coat or anything. Anyway, I'm not that bothered about that. Like some people had to go off and I like, had to get subbed off because it was so cold they couldn't move. Somebody was actually unavailable for selection yesterday because of actual frostbite. Oh. Actual frostbite. I can imagine from that match. That's serious. What are the symptoms of frostbite? Your hand can drop off, can it? Or your foot, or whatever. Is it always on your hand? Can you get well, it? It's on your extremities parts? normally, isn't it? I'm sure you get other parts of your frostbitten if you were to stay in snow that long, but Ooh. hands and feet are the bits that are most likely that to get, okay. get caught. It's not good. No, it was all right with the cold. That didn't bother me, but it was just so cool. But you couldn't see the lines. Well, on the plus side, I wasn't getting done for being offside. <laughs> Nobody knew what was going on because there was no lines. I had an excuse for being where I shouldn't be. You may wonder what male grooming has to do with the podcast about women's rugby. I must admit, when Manscapes got in touch with us with a fantastic discount offer for our listeners, I also couldn't really see why. Then when I received a perfect package 4.0 to take a look, all became clear. You may not have balls, but that doesn't mean the men in your life shouldn't benefit from Manscaped's amazing range of products designed and developed specifically to give the most intimate area of a man's body the love it deserves. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a fabulous device combining a luxury quality finish with an extremely effective cutting tool. It makes short work of unwanted hair wherever you may find it. The boffins at Manscaped have clearly worked wonders with the range of devices and accessories. You can groom in total confidence that it's safe, quiet and easy to use. You may even give it a go yourself. To take advantage of the exclusive Grassroots offer, use the code GRASSROOTS when you order. This will give you an amazing 20% off and free shipping. 
This Christmas, his balls will thank you. Anyway, so Jodie, who's next on this? So it must be Manchester, is it, on the weekend? It is, yes. Are you playing? So, yes, it's away. Yeah, it's away. So yeah. I don't remember ever playing at Manchester, so I don't know what their uh, shower facilities are like. Is it but... you don't know whether you'll be able to get out of bed on time? I don't know. Do you know what? We were low on numbers <laughs> and I'm not feeling well. So I might just sod it in bed now. I'll definitely be there. Cough up a lung. We'll get a dictaphone to you. Yes, please. The excuses recently have been quite valid, i.e. I haven't given you a dictaphone or B, <laughs> oh, it was torrent- it, it was it was a blizzard. So the last couple of games, I think it's fair, got away with it, but this has to be the one. I'm quite happy to wander around Manchester naked. There I mean, go. Manchester changing rooms. So Jodie, you can interview Joyce in the shower. Yeah, I'll do that then. You're up for that, aren't you, Joyce? Yeah, yeah I mean, you don't want to run through of how I wash my body, do you? Where st- it's not that kind of interview, is it? Well, probably, yeah. The questions <laughs> just come to me as and when. It's a fluid thing. It's not really practiced. There'll be no fluid. No, <laughs> no I mean, I didn't mean fluid like that. Oh, what? No. I'm not age, but I can hold, you know, the pelvic floor's okay at the moment. Into that wormhole we fall. <laughs> yeah. Does everyone else piss in the shower? <laughs> At home, yes, not at the rugby At home, yeah, in the rugby showers, no. Well, you have to make sure how close you are to the drain because you don't want to be doing it at the top and it going down everyone's feet. Oh, bit awkward. Yellow stream coming from you. Downstream, yeah. So that's why you always get to the end of the shower. So, you know, if someone has pissed at the top. We're normally uber hydrated. So the pee's probably quite white. You know, no one will probably notice. White? It shouldn't be white either. Well, you know, clear, clear. all right, clear. You've got an white. <laughs> How do you end up so hydrated during your game? Well, there's normally that many stoppages. This is Grassroots News with Lou. Something that really struck me this week was I saw Supermarine Ladies crowdfunder post on the Women's Rugby Network. And I thought how great it was, actually. They have decided to set up a crowdfunding site because they wanted to develop and expand their development team and also sort of expand rugby in the Swindon and Wiltshire area. And another reason why is because the transport costs have become higher and they wanted some decent kit and invest in some coaching for their development team. So, so far, their target was £2,500, which I don't think is a mega amount of money. And they've achieved £1,560 so far. But it's quite interesting what they did because they're offering rewards so you donate some money and you can have your company name on the board on the rugby pitch or there's all sorts of local rewards that you could get as well so actually I just thought that was really good and you know I know we've talked about sponsorship but I just thought that was really cool. I think that's a great idea I think fundraising is a, is a constant issue partly because people maybe lack the skills if that's the right word but certainly lack the confidence sometimes to go out there and approach companies to sponsor. Also, clubs have a limit of what they can genuinely give back. So our club is a great example of a club that we don't have our own clubhouse particularly. We can't realistically guarantee people are going to have business opportunities from sponsoring the club. So all we're really offering them is 
a sponsor's lunch, a pitch board, which is nice and looks good, but doesn't bring them any additional revenue. And they can go into the ballot for international tickets. So, you know, in other words, you're basically asking people for a donation. And in lots of ways, I think I'd rather approach a company for a donation than ask them for some sponsorship, which implies there's going to be something coming back their way. So I think crowdfunding is a really nice way of doing it because it's open and transparent. And it also, you know, you see they've raised 1,500 quid, and I'm sure listeners out there would consider sponsoring if we put the link online, which we'll happily do for Supermarine. They can see not only does it work, but it also may encourage people to help them get to that 2,000 target. Yeah, and also if there are ladies' teams out there that are thinking of wanting to start a development team but just really need some funds for that, then it may be a good idea for them. Absolutely. Yeah, good luck, Supermarine. I think that's um, a really good idea. Yeah, I really love it, and I I really hope that you can get to your target and maybe exceed that, though. Yeah, good on you. My second bit of news is a little bit more amusing. So I'm going to read you a post that I saw recently on um, Facebook, and it said, Rugby Club Hazing Ban. Edinburgh University has banned a rugby club from its league after a new member was ordered to rub hot sauce on his genitals, drink excessive alcohol, and pour a bucket of vomit on his head. The team composed of students from Scotland's Rural College and they were reported to Edinburgh by a train passenger who comforted the player after his five-hour hazing. The actual comments under this were really funny. So the first one that just made me laugh but absolutely ages said, is no one else curious where they got an entire bucket of vomit from? <laughs> they just need to come around my house after a sesh, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're bad for being sick. Yes. The second one was, sounds like a normal after-game party from the 80s. And the third comment was, sounds standard at our uni team. We were told by the students' union to tone down first-year initiations, or we'd have been banned too. We did have a recruitment issue for a couple of years, to be fair. Hashtag character forming. but my absolute favorite comments and i love this so much was the excessive alcohol consumed through the props socks (laughs) 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 i know i didn't even know it was called hazing actually it was just called post match initiation you know i think it is phasing out and i think that's probably a good thing but I think as a bystander back in the day, it was quite amusing to watch some of these things. Also, from um, our 12 finds of Christmas, I did get a little bit of slack from saying poo in a pocket. But really, by old school standards, poo in a pocket was not really that big a thing. There were way worse things. That says a lot. It does say a lot. It does. Yeah. So, so Joe, you're the nearest person to having been at university in that you're the youngest. Mm Mm-hmm. I was hoping you'd say this because I was just trying to think then, how was I initiated? And I can't remember. You can't remember Honestly. how you initiated? It must have been a good yeah. night then. Well, let me think. No, because all the tours get all mashed into one, don't they? So your memories. Sort of so you've basically up. got memory loss for three years. Uni, yeah. That was one okay. long initiation. It's not the whole three years, really? but the first three weeks of uni are a big blur. <laughs> so it's really hard to remember what I did genuinely. It mustn't have been too rough. I think it was something nice, like eat a tin or something. I think not only have they got a bit tamer, they've also got a lot less creative. So I always remember the the guys at Warwick, they had to dress as cavemen. 
and they started it off with downing a bottle of port, which is never a good way to start a social. And then they had to do some ridiculous relay involving eating bowls of vodka jelly, which ended badly. And I just remember coming home and finding my housemate, Will, who was in the, in the rugby team, and he was just sat in a pair of Timberland boots in his pants. And his caveman outfit had not made it through the night, basically. And he had no idea whether he was coming or going. But it was generally quite funny, perhaps a little excessive. There were a few ambulances called, I believe, but that was, was quite standard, really, at Warwick in those days. But it wasn't too bad. But there was one I heard about. This is So I don't know whether this is an urban legend or true, but it was told to me as a true story. So if anybody knows to the contrary, please, please get in touch. But when I was in South Africa, there was a particularly notorious hazing or initiation that happened at one of the universities. So they took this particular fresher out, did the usual of getting him particularly drunk, and then they walked him back down past a, a railway line towards the university. So as they were going along the, the railway line, they suddenly turned on him and said that we don't like you, we don't think you should be part of the team, and they tied him to the railway track and then left him. The joke was, it was what? actually a disused railway track that was next to a real <gasps> railway track. So, of oh course, this God, guy... was dead nervous Right, then. yeah, but this guy, of course, realises he's tied to a railway track. Here's the train coming. I think this is it. My days are numbered. But actually, the railway track was disused. So the guys were sort of chuckling in the bushes waiting for this to happen and obviously then went to let him go after the train had gone past only to find out he died of a heart attack. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so oh my god i don't know how true that is but it was told as a true story when i was out in south africa and oh that's god. an example of that's just a bridge that's, too far a bit too far yeah. bit too far even by my standards yeah, yeah definitely far. yeah that is a bit, <laughs> bit much yeah i think my view is initiations have their place but they have to revolve around low level humiliation and drinking really don't they by low level i think it's I, i've seen a few initiations where the piss taking and the general humiliation is taken a step so far that the person involved feels very uncomfortable and very anxious about it, which I think is too much. I think probably nowadays you need to tailor the initiation to the person. Yeah, completely. And maybe that's just a ladies team thing. You probably know that player fairly well and you probably know how far you can take it. So yeah, I think it probably has to be tailored per I, person. I agree. I always thought the straight arm bag of flour was a fairly good short and sharp one. <laughs> it's always very amusing to watch. As well, though, have got an issue with that. Then you're, oh, if you're gluten free, yeah, you've got an issue with that, then haven't you? Everyone's got an issue with something. Or the Jesus. worst thing is, it's when you've got the kit to wash that week, and they do the straight arm. Oh well, tough tip. And that's an initiation in itself. Getting it off, it's like these super glue. It's horrible, isn't it? It's like wallpaper paint. Didn't we have one time where it didn't get washed properly and it got mouldy and it was black or something on this? It didn't get washed. Oh, (laughs) we had to wear it stinking from the last match, and I think it was still wet from sweat. It was grim. I think we were all. That's so disgusting. It like developed its own yeast culture after being in a sweaty kit bag for a week. It was not good. That's horrible. So, listeners, have you got a particularly innovative? initiation or birthday treat or something like that then do write in because some of the simplest ones are often the funniest i still think there's a place for the monobrow with a permanent marker i think i've got a picture of you with the monobrow and that was even on a tame day yeah it was a bit of a pain getting it off <laughs> but it was pretty funny anything that's relatively low level but quite amusing it has its place but some of the more extreme ones can get a bit silly i think sometimes at uni on the men's team they make them drink the fountain of youth what is the fountain of youth 
I don't know what sort of liquid they use, but they grab their ball sack into a sort of cup so it can hold liquid, and then someone has to drink it out of someone else's oh, ball sack. That's pretty nasty. I've seen worse. I managed to find my jock strap in the bottom of an old kit bag the other day. So we've been talking about it on the podcast. And I thought, I wonder if I've still got that somewhere. And I found it. That could be used maybe in something. Yeah, make like a brew. Like yeah. Brew it. <laughs> which is, jock strap which is jock strap brew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It'd be like some kind of, yeah, some kind of infusion. Infusion of jock strap. That's particularly horrible. Tea bag. Oh, a tea bag, tea bag. <laughs> 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 Closely followed by an antidote. Yeah. AKA penicillin. Yeah, absolutely. Need <laughs> vodka just to keep it clean. Oh, yeah, vodka. Yeah, that, that'll do. Broccoli and vodka. The only thing that I'll fix that is bleach. Just bleach. Down the yeah. that. Also, listeners, please don't down pints of bleach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Warning, PSA, don't drink bleach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Lou. This is Molly's Grassroots Salute. As we've got a guest on the show, I thought I'd give Joyce the honour of giving the Grassroots Salute this week. Big shout out to Rochford, Rochford Vixens, who started in October 19 and on the 27th of November fielded not only a full team of 15 after starting with around about six players, had subs as well. So total grassroots rugby right there, surviving COVID and all the lockdown and then actually getting their first game out and team. So well done. I think that's brilliant. That's brilliant because if you remember, Rochford actually came on the pod earlier on in the, in the run of episodes. And one of the things we talked about was growing a team, sticking at it when it was difficult, keeping everybody together and all of that. So fantastic work, Chrissy down at Rochford. It sounds like whatever you've been doing has been working and brilliant to see it going full circle. Good on you guys. As they said, just keep going, create warm and welcoming environments and the numbers will come and they're proof that they do come. Keep at it. And I think a real, real worthy one of this is um, on the Women's Rugby Network, a lady put on about an Instagram account that she's been doing, which is postpartum rugby mum. So how she's got back to rugby post childbirth. And I guess in some ways, it's not just childbirth as we get older, your pelvic floor and everything else does need work. So it's all about working with all of those things. So coming back to rugby after having children or even starting rugby after having children. So a big shout out to her, which is on Instagram, which is at postpartum rugby mum. I think we should all go and give her a follow because she's doing cracking work there. Definitely. Oh, wow. I will definitely read that because after my second child, I only had six weeks break and then I was back playing rugby. And I know it's really difficult, especially if you breastfeeding as well. It's really hard to play rugby whilst doing that. And got a baby on the sidelines as well, which probably had to just say, there's the child in the pushchair. You just keep your eye on them. I'm just playing rugby for 40 minutes or 80 minutes. I think it's a massive testament to anybody who's had a baby and carried on playing rugby. It's a massive thing. I mean, this Instagram account, and I've, I've subscribed it and had a good look, and they have got a new resource called the Postpartum Plan, which supports mums in the early days of coming back. So it's about your women's health, the physio, she's linked in with nutritionists, therapists, the whole thing about getting back to exercising safely. And if you think about as like most sports, but rugby is pretty brutal. If you've had a CSA, and we had an incident, didn't we, with one of our players who came back too early, 200 miles away from home, post CSA, 
and yeah, ended up back in A&E and not because they didn't think they were fit enough. They just, they, we just need to look after ourselves coming back because it's a longer term damage that you can do. But there's great exercises on there, abdominal and pelvic floor as well. So get that shared between all your teams, I reckon. Yeah, I wish that sort of stuff was around five years ago. <laughs> and more like 15 years ago, actually. But yeah. We'll just skip over that. They all blur You know, it's a great read, really is. And it just shows how far we're coming in the sport as well, that we've now got that resource in place where we have got women returning back to the sport after children. So it just doesn't end once you've had a child. You can continue if you do it safely. Yeah, because a lot of the time, and I know this because I've been part of a couple of rugby clubs who have disbanded because four or five of the team, the ladies' team, go off to have babies and they just don't want to return because it's too much trouble. They think it's too difficult. Whatever the thing is, maybe 10, 15 years ago, that used to end rugby teams, ladies' rugby teams anyway. It's good to see people, actually women, wanting to come back to rugby after babies. Yeah, and giving them those foundations as well so you know that you've got a a career there or a longer time in the game, which is great. I think that's so good to see that working its way through. You know, I don't know that you guys felt this, but I was a coach sometimes felt like the mums on the team were often, not deliberately, but left out a little bit, particularly when their kids were young, because they were often shooting home straight after games. They were unable to attend the socials. They often struggled to make away games and all this sort of stuff. And you did see occasionally they drift away as a result of that. Where actually, as you guys know, and I know as a dad actually, the period of time when your kids are heavily dependent on you is finite. It feels like a long time when you're in amongst it, but it does end. And I think what probably happens is that mums try to come back to rugby, find the experience is quite challenging because it's not understood the challenges that are involved. And maybe just think, actually, no, this isn't for me. And then maybe never come back to it. Or actually, they just we support them and we, we look after them through that early stage, then there'll be a point where their kids are carrying their kit bag for them. They're bringing the, the water bottles on at half time and their lives are back to almost pre-rugby norms, you know. These are the next generations and generations coming through, you know, these kids that were popping out. So, But I think it's also great for the mental health as well because post-baby, it can be quite a, a dark place. So, you know, having your teammates around you, that extended bubble is a huge resource yeah i agree extra hands on. and for dads as well it's not just women on the, you know, the pelvic floor is women but for males as well having that network of your rugby teams round as you've been up all night we find it harder to get rid of the sympathy belly you see because we don't get the opportunity to give birth to get rid of it we have to have to get on the treadmill on a serious note though going back to rugby after a period of time out for men is very challenging as well i tried it a couple of times on each occasion found it very very difficult for a range of reasons a lot of it's self-confidence but a percentage of it fitness and obviously busy life as well so the more teams do to support and the more teams do to make it clear that you welcome even if it can't commit the way you used to the better i think it's very difficult to come back to rugby after a even a short period of time off whether you're male or female mm. because it's a tough sport takes one for the face Catches first, preferably, and then the drive. Oh, full in the face. Look at this. Very definition of taking one for the team. Oh, my God. That is extraordinary. But the kick lands on the head, and offside is accidental. This is Every Team's Got One. As we all know, this section's about the characters in teams that seem unique, but actually every team's got one. What have you gone for, Jodie? 
So I've chose one who I generally find either one of three things, either an older player, have been to uni, or are one of the good players. And they're the other team wankers. Ah. The ones that turn up to training, turn up to games before for the warm-up in another team's kit. They either played for Cheshire, so that's why they're usually better, or they've been to uni and it's older kit they've had there, or they played on teams in the past and they're still wearing it 20 years on. That's a topic close to my heart, actually. Or something else you see as well, Jodie, is where they're in relationships with players from other teams and borrow their stash. Yeah, I've constantly heard that many times. What's that mine? Mine. They turn up in a Chester top or something. It's like, are you playing for Chester? No, but my girlfriend does. You always get the feeling with some players, and maybe this is just me being cynical, that players have a particular long-standing loyalty to a club that they may not have played for for a really long time. So when they turn up in their MMU hoodie or something, it's like they're still, it's, they're still deep down an MMU player and haven't quite made the transition to your club yet, you know? Probably that they still haven't washed their kit from four weeks ago and now they're in the dregs of the drawer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Jodie, who likes to be a full kit wanker um, and yeah. wear all of her Cheshire kits at any given opportunity. It's a really nice yeah. kit, though. Hold on, Jodie. Really nice. Yeah. Um, you're I a full kit Cheshire wanker, aren't you? I never said I wasn't. I was just saying it's those people. And I'm included in that. I, and as you will, Lou, have your full Cheshire kit. Um, I have never dared wear any of mine down at the club or anywhere. I mean, it's like in a little shrine. I mean, it gets, it's like a wedding dress. It's wrapped in tissue paper. Have you you framed it? No, because the photo I've got in the kit, I just look horrendous. I mean, I look like something out of the Goonies. So um, (laughs) actually, can we go back to a bit of a other podcast to say that we've got these Cheshire tops right and i don't know if yours is the same joyce but the body fits great but the arms are super long they go past my hands plus six inches who's got arms like that i don't know i don't know whether it was to enable people to kidnap us so they could just tie it together and bundle us out i don't know it was just so i've never dare wear any of mine look no fucks given i wear mine down the club i don't care i find it's actually quite responsible thing to do Every team has one. I am that responsible person of not buying new clothes all the time, looking after the planet. Ooh. I'm not that person who's like throwaway fashion. No, yeah, I will wear that shirt <laughs> from 50 years ago. Are you with a straight face, Jodie, telling me that the only reason you wear your Cheshire kit is because you want to save the planet? Call me Jodie Heinsberg. <laughs> I will save the planet. <laughs> More like Jodie Heisenberg. <laughs> I mean, the kit I understand, but it's when you come with the bag and the rucksack and the hat and, you know, the car sticker. I mean, it's just too much, Jodie. Jodie Twattenberg. So what I want to know is, have you seen, and I have, I'm not going to name them. Have you seen the player that wears kits from several different clubs all at the same time? Oh, God, that's shorts, tops, socks. Yeah, they got socks from Vagabonds. they got shorts from, from Winnington Park. they got a, a hoodie from Crew and Nantwich. they got a playing shirt from Loughborough Lightning or something. Kit bag from Cheshire, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like I haven't robbed enough kit yeah. from other clubs. <laughs> yeah. So to the untrained eye, you think, oh, look at that person. They've moved around the country. They play for different clubs. Light fingers, Joyce over there, yeah. <laughs> also, the grizzled, cynical coach, they've basically been kicked out of all these different clubs for being a total dick, which uh, I've definitely seen very happen cynical. a few times. The cynical, but I think probably... Yeah, accurate. but probably quite factually correct, I feel. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. 
Yeah. You know, it's actually really bad. I did an Instagram story on our page a couple of weeks back. I was at training and just like watching everyone. Everyone had a Staffordshire nut on their top. Did they? That, yeah. Well, not everyone. About 10 people had it. Different like rugby kits or any other kits that weren't even rugby related football teams. It goes to show that they're not true to proof. On that note, actually, you've got some exciting news about a sponsorship arrangement. So... Those of you that tuned in to the last episode heard that interview with Fergus from Halbro. So their interview went down extremely well. I've had a number of messages from people saying how much they enjoyed it. It was great fun to produce. And actually, even better, Halbro listened and enjoyed it as well, which was always a bit of a worry. So they've offered us the opportunity to do a bit of work together, which is fantastic news. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to announce a very exciting competition, which we're going to do in partnership with Halbro. And they very kindly put in some stash that can be won as a prize for people that uh, take part in the competition. And also the Grassroots pod team have put together a very exciting hamper of all of the different Christmas-based goodies. I may have made the Christmas bit up. <laughs> it's not really Christmas, is no. it? Well, it's it in cons- the advent, so yeah. it's Grassroots Rugby hamper. Yeah, so it contains a large number of bits and bobs that will give you all a bit of nostalgia for the various episodes we put out. So to give you a flavour of that, there's some Barocca, there's a little bottle of vodka, there's some gingerbread. There's some Spam. There's some Spam. Tuna. <laughs> there's a hand-embroidered Grassroots fanny flannel. Fresh, it's new, it's not been it's used. It's new, brand new, still in its packet. Yeah. yeah, a pair of boxer shorts that have been very kindly donated by Manscaped, the well-known male grooming company that have also offered to do some work with us. So coming up in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be more information on the competition, but it's going to involve sending in shit kit picks. So all those clubs out there that have told me about their terrible kits, how they don't fit, how the tailoring's terrible... Well, let's see it. Let's send some pictures in of the very worst you can find. That might be kit that doesn't fit, might be kit that's damaged, might be kit that's the wrong shirts for the game that you're playing. Anything goes, really, and the sillier the better. So we will be asking people to send them in, along with uh, liking and sharing the podcast, and we'll provide more information shortly. But great news with Hellbro getting on board with this, and uh, yeah, it should be fun. Can I just add in right now, my apology to Fergus at Halbro for tagging. <laughs> so someone on the Women's Rugby Network said, oh, I really need some women's fit rugby kit. And I thought, oh, do you know, I'll do a thing. I'll tag Halbro Sportswear because we've got a thing going on here. Um, but I accidentally <laughs> misspelt it and put Hasbro, the, <laughs> the well-known <laughs> toy manufacturer. So uh, but anyway, Fergus likes it, and uh, thank you very much. So thank you, Fergus, for not highlighting my spelling error. And I did edit it once it had been highlighted to me. Thank you. The damage had been done. And I'm really sorry about that. But yeah, not Hasbro or Harry Bow. I don't know about you guys, though. I'm really looking forward to seeing a team turn out in a full kit of Buzz Lightyear costumes from Hasbro. <laughs> that would be very grassroots right there. Joyce, you can kick us yeah. off with the 12 fines of Christmas. So we've got one each. What's the fine that you think is worthy of being in the 12 fines of Christmas? Oh, I think it's having to do a handstand and neck a pint. <laughs> Joyce, have you ever done this? Many times. I'm, oh, I'm absolutely and that's why I'm having it, yeah. Do you know what? I had to do it <laughs> for one of our youngest players 
who comedy gold couldn't even get her feet off the ground to even attempt to do a handstand and she wasn't even pissed at this point i was so disappointed in the youth of today that they can't do handstands against a wall but it's comedy gold so just for the fact on 12 days christmas just watching somebody trying to even get up to do a handstand while pissed and then try and drink a pint brilliant so joyce you come into the christmas social on the 18th uh, not now, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you are. And you're going to do it. <laughs> so, full of our millions of listeners, they'll be on the 19th, maybe the 20th, because the 19th might not be Joy's a good day. Might be a dark place for all of us. Some uh, hospital admissions and maybe some fatalities. There'll be a video of Joyce attempting a handstand downing of a pint, because I think Bring it the world needs to yeah. see that. Can I have a straw, though? You have a straw. <laughs> you get what you're given. You'll be grateful. <laughs> I just think it brings in the athleticism of the team. Uh, but also, you know, it just takes away just the standard pint drinking and just ups it a level. How boring, downing a pint. Yeah, I didn't say a pint of what, though, did I? Ah, true. That's the old school player in you coming out, you see. We all know the little shortcuts and the little cheats, straight don't we? Straight in. Yeah, you just jump straight in, abusing the handstand, missing the detail. We'll look forward to that video then, Joyce. Jodie. Right, mine's a little bad, so the crime for this fine needs to be smoke or just, like, sleeping with a teammate or one of the men's team, you get, it's bad, it's not quite shit in a pocket bad, but you get like a <laughs> slit in your eyebrow and we can incorporate the manscaping cheers ah. we've got for everyone you sleep with, you get one slit. What, in your entire life or that night? That night, if you, well, I don't know. <laughs> what? If you're on a busy night. <laughs> I didn't think it through, it came to the top of my head. So for every person within the team that you've slept with, you get a slit in your eyebrow, I like it. Mm. Like very 90s. Yeah. Some of us might not have any eyebrows left. Someone's going to have no eyebrows left. The team that draw their eyebrows on, I mean, that's not going to be... No. I tell oh, you... yeah, it doesn't matter how much you, you shave off. I mean, most people draw them on nowadays anyway, right? I can think of a so... way of changing it up, though. For the ones that have slept with lots of people, they obviously basically get their eyebrows shaved off. And the ones that have slept with nobody, they get the hair from the other person's eyebrows sort of taped on. So, glued on. Yeah, glued on. So <laughs> the, few, the fewer on. people you slept with, the more hair you end up from other people's eyebrows <laughs> that could be a, a nice change up we'll yeah. use the uh, the lawnmower 4.0 on the social on the 18th that that's the name of it that's the name of it, it yeah. lawnmower lawnmower oh lawnmower right I have to say it's very good have you used it yeah I have I shaved oh, my beard with it the other day and it was actually like a lawnmower now, no. your beard I had a sort of a couple of weeks <laughs> of stubble I gave it a go with the, the lawnmower 4.0 it came off brilliantly it was actually like a lawnmower it was quite funny to watch I'm just wondering if you've no. used any other, other products. The ball toner or the ball deodorant? Yes, I have. Both. Oh, I sprayed them. They smell really nice. Yeah, I've used mm. them. I've used them for, as they were intended to be used. Oh. Very pleasant. Sounds like there's instructions with where to use it. Am I missing something here on this manscaping? Manscaping. Uh, so, yeah, so- <laughs> manscaping, not manscaping. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different things, Joyce. So Manscape very kindly, in exchange for, for a bit of sponsorship, they very kindly sent us a box of uh, of goodies, one of which was a shaving device. What, I missed something here. I missed the gag. Manscaping. <laughs> I feel it rolls off the tongue, so... <laughs> Manscraping. It goes with their safe sack technology. No, you can't say that. Can't, oh no, can't I can't say, say that. that. Sorry, no, that's, no. that's a rival that's brand. A different brand. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling I might not be invited back to the podcast. Anyway, 
Louise, after last time's revolting <laughs> entry into 12 Finds of Christmas, I'm hoping this one involves puppies and little fluffy rabbits or something nice. Look, don't be talking about my puppies, thank you, Matthew. I do have a bit of a reputation for being old school. I do and I also do not apologise for the poo in the pocket. This week, I am sticking to my beliefs. And so my fine for this week is drink your pint through the props match day sock. It's a pretty severe crime, isn't it, that, that warrants that kind of punishment? Yeah. Yeah. It flows very slowly. It does flow slowly. It does flow very slowly. <laughs> it's not something that can be done in seconds. Takes time. An event. And also the sock's already waterlogged from the game. You're going to get a mouthful of whatever's in the sock as well as the beer. That soon washes through, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're less likely to get cholera than having shit in the pocket. I've never had to do that myself, but I've seen others do it and it's not nice. It could be worse. I could have said drink your pint through your jock strap. At least though there's so many holes in it, it would probably flow quite fast. <laughs> Might have got through that quite quickly, yeah. You've only got one chance of doing that because once the alcohol's gone through, it's basically then clean and sterile, isn't it? So Probably not, no. No, maybe two or three times. I like how we've you know, I started on a, a kind of low-level crime punishment. You brought in the sock. Jodie went straight in for basically removing everyone's hair. <laughs> Anyway, if anyone would like to join us on our Christmas night out, you feel welcome, yeah. yeah. And you'll know which ones have been on the Christmas night out, from the burn from the sock on my mouth and all the chemicals, and they'll be bald. <laughs> Glad I've cleared my diary. Yeah. I think I might need to be shooting back over the border. You are coming to this social, aren't you, Joyce? Yes, I am. Thank God there's at least one other old school person going to be there. Just shooting through the pockets between you. I've just sent you the picture I, of my jock strap, Joyce. I know. I've, I mean, I was going to have my tea after this, but just strangely, it's become quite a good diet thing. I might just put it on the fridge. <laughs> the fridge door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or above the fire to keep the children away. <laughs> I might just have it produced as a Christmas card and send it to yeah. lots of people. And they're going to be too polite to ask. Season <laughs> greetings. Season greetings. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I kind of like Joe Lysett's sort of um, wanted poster. <laughs> Stop leaving that home nun switch. Has anyone seen my <laughs> scarf? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, sorry, like I have literally gone old school. Now. Lou, we're going to chat. Yeah, we need to. I'm so glad there's someone else old school on the pod. <laughs> it's not just me. I'm not in the minority. Yeah. A complete dick who is going to do practical jokes with everyone and then cry when someone does it back at them. Absolutely. Yes, Correct. Great. My find is actually, I kind of adapted it slightly from one I saw done on somebody else, but it's called, it's Edith the Non-Training Egg. So Edith is an egg that was named Edith by me, I think. And the idea is, is that you give the egg to somebody after a match who hasn't been training or hasn't been very good with training and the only way they can be released from the fine is to bring the egg back to training and pass it on to the next person. They also have to take a photo of the egg, put it onto the, uh, the group chat every day. So it seems quite simple, but it means that that person has to keep doing it until they come back to training. And also the egg naturally has some kind of shelf life. And if the egg is broken for any reason, then the whole thing starts again. Really good way of getting people back to training. Get an oh, egg, yeah. draw a face on it set them the challenge it's got to be a photo in the group everybody's in on it everybody expects that photo to be in and also that photo has to have some creative element preferably as well 
And yeah, when they come back to training the following week, they can give the egg back and uh, they're released. If they don't, then it carries on. Good bit of fun way of getting people out of training. I like that um, idea. I love that. And also, I do remember when you tried to do that with us lot back in the day. Most of us were like, what do you mean you're giving us an egg? I don't understand. Didn't Mercedes feed hers to a snake? Didn't she feed hers to a snake, Mercedes, at one point? I'm no, sure she, she put did. it in a case with a snake. Yeah, she had a snake. She knows I really hate snakes. So when she was <laughs> when she had to put a photo up, she put the egg next to the snake in the right. snake tank. But it works. There's a photo every day. Yeah. It, was, it caused much hilarity. And guess what? She was at training the following week. Win-win. Yeah, if only to get rid of the egg. Exactly. That's what I don't care. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> Whatever works. I'm just picturing now you trying to explain this to Sherry. Oh, God. About the egg on the very first training session you did five, ten, however long years ago. And even now to this day, she probably still has that egg and doesn't know what she's meant to be doing with it. Yeah, maybe we could ask her next week and see what <laughs> she said. <laughs> It'd be probably, right, I didn't understand what that egg was all about. It's a stupid idea. <laughs> stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref, stupid ref. Stupid ref or just stupid words from a ref? Either works. And I don't know whether I've elaborated it in Joyce fashion. Um, well, that's know. also okay. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Exactly. <laughs> this is always the, the way to go. And remember that we were on 4G somewhere, very nice clubhouse, and the ref was doing the standard spiel that the forwards never listen to and have no idea what's going on. Um, and the backs are nodding. When's the ball out, Joyce? Yeah, when's the ball out? Someone asks it. We all roll our eyes. Well, um, we're all told to ask it, but none of us are really interested in the answer. <laughs> <laughs> we're just right. We've been told we've got to ask, when is the ball out? To be honest, as a forward, I'm just wondering when my next snack is. So I'm like, you know, good snack. <laughs> when can I have a pint and a fag? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, are the crisps out yet? Is there a christening on that I could just nick a sandwich from in between? <laughs> he was then talking about tackling and where we could tackle. And it was above tits and below fanny, I think his words were. <gasps> yeah, I remember this. But he made a massive point about it, didn't he? Did he make a point or did he point? Massive point. Lots of hand gestures, just in case we weren't aware where our tits and fannies were. He did. And I think he might have made a comment about uh, mine were in a different location. <gasps> yeah. So that was that was an interesting ref. And I then think he actually called the game early. He's not the same dickhead that blew up 20 minutes before time because he had to go for dinner with his auntie or something. I think so. Well, yeah, it may have been somewhere up Kendall Way. I remember it being very posh. I do vividly remember that ref chat saying, below tits. Kept saying below it. I'm like, tits. what a shut up, because you're going to get throat punched by at least 15 women right now. I mean, he refrained from like stroking his thighs when he said it. <laughs> and they kind of like, <laughs> it was at that exact moment that Molly's zip came undone. <laughs> <laughs> and the girls came out <laughs> you mean these could you be a bit more specific where on the tit which one um, which one <laughs> on the, the right's always higher than the left do we go into the lowest tit or the or the, just the tit in general yeah but i think we were all so gobsmacked yeah actually none of us said anything we just couldn't believe he'd said it yeah, like did he say that yeah, I think we'd even go, okay, yes, sir. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks for that whole biology lesson. I think we were still about to kick off going, did he actually just say that? Oh, yeah, we're showing crew ball, tits and below, girls, tits and below. <laughs> I do think, actually, we did put a some constructive feedback on his refereeing use of language during, oh, um, yeah, forward. Yeah, We shouldn't fill those forms out after a pint. <laughs> 
No, I think there should be at least a 48-hour delay before you complete a breathalyzer. The period of contemplation, <laughs> possibly two days. Yeah, let's go away and reflect. Yeah. What and contemplate what is the correct language to put on a ref feedback form. Not yeah. just draw a massive knob. But I also think as well, if you've won a game, you might give that ref praise that they probably don't deserve as well. There should be a 48-hour time lag before you provide the feedback to a ref. Yeah, or well, get the rage on. Where tits are because I got yellow carded for that on Sundays. Be a tit for a tit. Yeah, it was, well, it was a book tit apparently. I'm an aged lady. My these youngsters are a lot higher than mine. I don't know. George, you two took someone's head off. Let's not pretend that it was anything but a reckless high tackle with clear intent to cause actual bodily harm. No, that was the other one. This one definitely wasn't. Even the ref said she was already going down and me pleading, well, that's just bad body management didn't really help my cause, I don't think. This time I left the pitch gracefully. We were working on it. What? Middle fingers up going, fuck you, motherfuckers. You know, as a kid, when your mum's told you off and you're in your bedroom, (laughs) yeah. And now, we remember our fallen teammates who laid down their mobility and dignity in the noble struggle against the tyranny of skill and athleticism. Gabriel Livingston, Reading Ladies, Bone Fracture. Mary Shepperson, Crew and Nantwich Ladies, Frostbitten Foot. Alan Sayers, Reading Ladies, Glenoid Fracture and Multiple Dislocations. Josh Arnold, Couch, Dislocated Shoulder. Jessica Randall, Sale 1861, Injured Right Knee. Katie Jones, Huddersfield Ladies, Pregnant, Congratulations. They shall grow not cold, as we that are left grow cold. Breakdowns shall not weary them, nor the muds condemn. At the going down of the scrum and in the mauling, we will remember them. To our fallen comrades, we salute you. Please follow us on our socials. So our Instagram account is at Grassroots Rugby Pod. Uh, if you go over to Twitter and want to use that, so it's at GR underscore Rugby Pod. And Facebook, just stick it into the search engine or it's at Grassroots Rugby Pod on Facebook as well. So please follow us, like us, share us. And even better, this is really important, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It looks like the majority of people listen to us on Apple Podcasts. So it takes seconds just to hit the star or preferably five stars. Leave us a comment if you want to. And all of that gives us great feedback and also makes it more visible for others to see. So Joyce, lovely having you on. It's been emotional. Thank you for coming. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. It's made hiding away from the storm a lovely evening. Ah!
Thanks so much for listening to Grassroots, a podcast by players for players. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on CastBox and give us a comment. If you would like your team featured, please get in touch. A brilliant finish. This was Grassroots, women's rugby on the roots up.